Sit back and listen and enjoy my podcast about health, wellness, fitness, yoga, business, and life. I talk about everything from ways of eating healthy, mindfulness, yoga, working out, manifesting, to pop culture, momming, adulting. I try to have fun and laugh at myself along the way of my sometimes stressed out and frazzled life. This is Fit, Fun, and Frazzled, and I am your host, Nikki Lanigan. have Laura Bender joining us again. Thank you for coming on and joining us again. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for again for offering to uh, speak with me. I appreciate that. Yeah. How's your day going? Um, it's been kind of busy today so far. You know, I had I had uh, prompted to wake up a little bit earlier to kind of get started on things, um, you know, offering myself some time for meditation and to kind of get a quick kind of running thing in. Um, I did it all, but it just felt like I was, I probably was kind of being a little lazy about some things and kind of sitting around a little bit longer than I should have, but right. Um, so got it done. So got it done. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, today we're going to talk, um, a little bit more about Reiki. We talked, uh, we touched it on it a little the last mm-hmm. time you were on, but I had, um, a few requests about it yeah. and I, wanted to dive deeper into it. Yeah, I did see that. So yeah, thank you for um, those that kind of um, requested this topic. It's really kind of an interesting uh, topic for sure. You know, it's so funny because so many more people are open to it or not open to it or finding it out. Mm -hmm. I remember the very first time I did Reiki, I was pregnant with my oldest who is now 13. I didn't even know what it was. We were on our baby moon Ah. (laughs) and um, I went and did a prenatal massage and Mm -hmm. the masseuse was like, oh, let me do Reiki on you. Yeah. And I was like, what? And she did it. And the weird thing is it made me so sick. Like I was so sick after I had the worst headache. Mm -hmm. I felt nauseous and I didn't do it again until like four years ago, probably. Yeah. And it was amazing then when I did it again. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it is like a detox. So, you know, maybe there was some stuff that was kind of energetically being kind of drawn out of you that, um, might not have been serving you in some way. Um, so yeah, that that's very possible. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So how long have you been practicing Reiki? Um, Do you pronounce it Reiki or Reiki? Reiki. 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 So, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's basically two words. So if thinking about in Japanese, it's actually two words of Rei and Ki. And Ki is okay. the energy source and then Rei, you know, is universal. So it kind of combines the two into Reiki. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I I started practicing, um, I would say in like 2017 or so. Um, it was kind of brought to me, it was introduced um, to it by a friend of mine um, who just kind of thought that um, with my yoga background and then my interest in just like the more passive types of yoga, like yin, that I would be kind of this energy work in this yoga environment would actually be well suited for me. Um, and just kind of, and I wasn't like into massage or anything like that. So this was kind of like a, um, obviously it's, it, it can be offered during massage. And I actually know another practitioner who does, um, who does offer massage and she offers Reiki within that too. But yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those, um, areas of body work that's 
there's not a lot known about it unless you're kind of into those holistic practices. Right. Um, but yeah, so I've been practicing since about 2017, I would say. And um, yeah, I've been going strong since then. Nice. Do you ever practice it on yourself? Yes. And if so, how often you do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, honestly, it's, it's, it's one of those things that really uh, any practitioner should be doing on a daily basis. Um, and mm-hmm. this actually is something that's so really important when you're first um, attuned as a like level one practitioner. So first degree students are, are trained at first, just kind of learning certain hand positions and it's advised that those, um, those students um, practice on themselves, you know, by placing them in the certain positions on the body. Um, and, you know, and um, from that point, you know, you can, you can, at that point, you can also offer to somebody else as well. Um, but yeah, I do with myself, I do offer it. Um, I would say, da- I would say I offer it daily. I also do. Um, I actually have a, it's kind of a funny story. So back in the early part of the pandemic, um, you know, I'm, I'm part of an association with Reiki and there was mm-hmm. a, article written about um or maybe it was even like a little ebook or a blog or something about offering yourself um creating a money box and um the idea is to um you create have a little box for yourself um you say like a i guess you could say like a mantra type of type of thing or prayer um that offers reiki to the box and the contents of it so I, what you do is you say this little, um, I guess, prayer type thing, um, and you're, it's giving it an intention, basically. Um, you write on a piece of paper, maybe a dollar or $2 or something like that. You fold mm-hmm. it up and put it in, in your box, provide that intention to it. Um, I also added some crystals that have to do with prosperity and um, abundance and things like that. So I added those in there as well. Um, and yeah, I do that every single day. I kind of got, I was, well, I was doing it for a while in the beginning part of the pandemic. And then I kind of uh, moved away from it for a little bit, but I kind of started, I went back to that again and uh, felt that it's been really extremely helpful in the past, you know, because uh, energy, you know, money's a form of energy and we're just kind of moving it around constantly anyway. So um, yeah, so I've added that into my daily uh, practice as well. Um, but yeah, usually when I'm either doing meditation or sometimes even when I'm kind of getting ready for bedtime at night, um, yeah. I'll just place my hands maybe on my belly or on my chest and just kind of, um, rest there for an appropriate amount of time. I kind of just get the inclination of when to kind of move on from that. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's good, especially with any practitioner to kind of incorporate it into your daily routines of some kind mm-hmm. or even kind of offering it um you know uh outside of that like i've actually done reiki a couple times within yoga classes um not only in person but you can also kind of do that um outside of that as well so distance healing yeah, yeah. that's what so i wanted to touch yeah. on how does distance healing work then if you're like with COVID, especially right now. Yeah. So um, more people would be wanting that 
you know, instead of in person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And actually, I, yeah, I haven't, um, I, I believe my, my teacher might be doing in person, but, you know, it's always one of those things where the comfort, it depends how comfortable someone might feel in that environment. Um, so with distance Reiki, it's actually a tool that's utilized for level two practitioners and above. Um, so the process is basically just connecting with, you know, the just, there's a symbol that's associated with distance and the person's maybe photo or their name. Um, I add in uh, crystals occasionally. They're just kind of either connecting to the person's um, name, if you have that available, or even a photo. Um, maybe adding crystals to place on the photo or something like that, depending on maybe what you can kind of gather that's needed for them, for their intention. Um, you can also use like an inanimate object, like a teddy bear or a doll to kind of be in a surrogate for that um, person. Um, so yeah, I've kind of done all of those, all of the above. Yeah. Like I, uh, there was actually a, a situation that happened last year, actually a couple different times. Um, we, um, a friend of mine, um, had been going through some traumatic events in her life. And, um, I just kind of told her like, you know, Hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to send you some Reiki. And so I just had a photo. Um, I had some crystals that I placed on her photo and I was able to just kind of, uh, provide my energy and attention to that. Um, I've also been part of, um, and this kind of works in another way too, what we had earlier in 2020 before COVID happened, mm-hmm. um, we, my teacher actually arranged these Reiki circles that we can kind of all get together as her students and um, just kind of give Reiki to each other. And it's really an awesome experience because everyone's at a different level. Everyone has different energies that are going right. on. And um, in that particular evening that we got together, there was a client of hers um, who had a young son who was kind of ill. And who knows? It could have been COVID for all we know. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Because <laughs> he, like, he had, like, chest congestion and all that stuff. And um, so me and a, two other practitioners gave – we just had a photo of the of the client. And we I provided some crystals to kind of add to it. And the three of us kind of – just provided, um, yeah, our energy to that source. And, um, yeah. So afterwards, I guess the next day, the following day, um, the congestion in his chest had kind of broken up and cleared up a little bit. Um, so really a lot of this is, is a collective kind of situation, sending Reiki with other practitioners at the same time, Mm -hmm. maybe in a world crisis, um, that was another thing that happened. Um, part of one of the organizations that I belong to had um, offered um, kind of a joint kind of uh, effort to provide a virtual meditation and Reiki during that time, all at one time, all at a collective time um, to kind of offer the world some healing. So yeah, um, just imagining all that energy kind of, uh, coming together all at once to provide that is just an amazing thing for sure. That is, that is so cool. You know, like what leading into the next um, question I have, but um, I, when I was going, I went a few times to um, Lisa G like a few years Mm -hmm. ago and I, I had back pain. I had a herniated disc and I didn't mention any of this to her Mm -hmm. and she was doing the treatment and like my eyes were closed. So I really didn't know what she was doing, but what I would, I, I, would think she's doing mm-hmm. her thought just hovering her hands over my body and mm-hmm. when I was done she said 
in my lower right side, it was so much heat coming out mm-hmm. and like a, a color white she was seeing. And I also saw the color white mm-hmm. and I was tasting metal in my mouth mm. and um, it helped. Like I was feeling the heat in my back and she didn't even know my back and that's where it was. Mm. And I always like thought that was so cool. So what do you actually do during treatment? Like, are you doing the same thing? Like your hands are hovering. Do you do like the chakra points or? Yeah. So my process again, might is might look different and it might look different depending on the like the level of the practitioner. It might look different, mm-hmm. um, you know, just on the practitioner itself. Maybe they got a different t- style of training or who their teacher was. So I kind of, um, I kind of do the chakras is kind of my, my jam there. So I actually use a, um, a pendulum and I first kind of do a scan of the body with the pendulum, just kind of seeing where our chakras are at. Like sometimes, um, if there's little movement in the pendulum or moves a certain direction, maybe it, um, kind of verifies that maybe there's a blockage there or it just needs a little bit more energy provided to it. Um, and I do that along, that's kind of like, I guess, kind of triggers to me where to start um, my, my session with the, with the, with the client. Um, and before, of course, I, I put my hands on anybody, there's, you always have to ask permission. It's just the same thing, obviously with yoga, you know, you don't yeah. want to be touching people when they don't feel comfortable with that. Often, oftentimes, I don't think I've had anyone that's been like, uh, don't touch me during this, mm-hmm. but you know, um, there might be people that prefer the hovering um, sensation. And then there's some areas of the body, like I think on the face, if you happen to do it there, um, sometimes the uh, kind of hovering is a little bit more comfortable than placing your hands, obviously on somebody's face for that. But um, so, you know, it just kind of when um, I've received it, um, yeah, it's just, it just might depend on the, how the practitioner actually does their own practice. Um, for someone starting maybe in a level one, um, obviously, like I mentioned before, there are set hand positions that they would work through in a specific mm-hmm. order, um, working from the top of the body, like in the head, um, and then making their way to the feet. Um, my practitioner or my teacher actually had uh, kind of showed me this interesting technique because, you know, we do want to offer some on the back too. And even though we place our hands in certain areas, it'll go to where it needs to go. Um, but then it's also recommended that we, you know, make sure we're covering all areas of the body. Um, she kind of did this little trick where on her table, she would kind of provide a couple layers of blankets And so then that way you'd easily be able to lift up maybe a layer of blankets and place your hand underneath their back. So they wouldn't have to flip over and there wouldn't be disruption there or anything like that. Um, So that was a little trick that uh, we kind of learned from her. At least I learned from her that I've, I've used in the past. Um, Yeah. And then when you have the level two and maybe master um, we learn, and this is kind of where that um, where you kind of develop your own sense of what you want to, how you want to practice this. Um, But you can learn the scanning of the body to kind of guide you into that area that might need where you need, might need to start. Um, I've also had, um, you also learn, there's a, um, we can also offer beaming, um, which actually is a really kind of a cool technique as well. So it's gently kind of, if you feel a spot, maybe that you're working on right, right. And, um, 
you start to walk away, you can obviously still feel the energy that's provided in that, that particular area of the body. And so you could technically stand across the room at a, to a certain degree um, and you beam the Reiki energy to them. It's kind of similar. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it is kind of similar to how the distance healing can kind of work in as well. But um, yeah, I had some uh, last, maybe the last couple of times that we met as a Reiki circle, there were a couple of practitioners that worked on me that way. Um, the, uh, the one girl that was working on me, she said that my, something with my aura was actually a little out of whack, I guess. But um, so yeah, so she was actually, um, yeah, she wasn't even touching my body. Her, her arms were like up at a normal, like shoulder height level kind of working at me, uh, with me with that. So, um, yeah, there's going to be different, um, different things that happen during a treatment, depending on who you go to. Um, I've Mm -hmm. even gone to a, um, they had a holistic fair that used to be held at uh, the Soccerplex and North Olmsted. I, I, I'm assuming last year obviously didn't happen okay. because of COVID, and who knows what's going to happen this year. But um, they, you know, they had practitioners there, like all different places, you know, that come to, you know, you could take their, go ahead and you know work with them. Um, so the woman when I went to, she provided like maybe like a 20 minute treatment or so. And she actually used crystals in hers. Um, she would place, she would allow me to kind of pick a crystal to use. And that crystal then would be as part of my treatment. And then she would just give it to you. But, you know, so it depends on a lot of different areas there on where, uh, maybe the, where they got their training, the type of training they have, um, that might actually appear differently from practitioner to practitioner. Right. So do you, you do your own training now, right? I Like you yes. teach. Yeah, yeah okay. I do have that. I don't teach a lot of it. Um, okay. It is something I have been kind of trying to kind of retool a little bit. Um, I think especially with COVID, you know, um, you know, it, it has kind of per- not permitted us to meet in person. So kind of had to. I kind of had to shift that a little bit where I'm kind of working on putting together more of an online course that you could take, um, that'll, okay, that's that'll cool. offer that. Um, I just haven't gotten, to, it's right. been, it's been kind of on the back burner, but it's something that I'm kind of still working on. Where do you, or, well, I can't say most teachers cause you wouldn't yeah. know that. Like what, but where do you draw your energy from to help others? Um, so, you know, there's a very, there obviously are, yeah, there's various places. Um, I would say like, uh, whatever aligns with you the most, there might be, I have Mm -hmm. spirit guides that assist me. Um, I know some, um, practitioners might use angels. Um, and I think just kind of being an intuitive and an empath, you already have those guides that are there as part of your life already now, just kind of looking after you in general. Um, so those I kind of tap into when I, um, even if I'm working on myself or um, assisting me with the process, is just part of their job is working, helping us out and working with us. Yeah. yeah. How would someone go about choosing a teacher or practitioner that aligns with their energy, like say, for instance, say someone's Christian mm-hmm. and they want that they want someone to align with angels or spirit guides and not 
something that they don't believe in, like say Wicca or witchcraft or something. Well, I I think just like everyone, you know, when you're finding a new doctor or when you're looking for a dentist or something like that in that, you know, any kind of situation, you, you kind of, you know, you might reach out and just do some research on um, Mm -hmm. what, what kind of teachings they have, what their background is, what they use in their, in their practices. I think it's really important um, even before you decide to teach, um, to have someone to work with, you know, we do as these, as just as any professionals, you know, there's a code of ethics, you know, we're we're providing confidentiality, transparency, integrity, support, respect, honoring um, other practitioners, even to like, you don't want to be bad mouthing a bunch of people like, oh, well, they did this and they did that. But yeah. I think a lot of it has to do on just educating yourself, getting those referrals, like, you know, if so-and-so went there, like what, what kind of things um, are, what kind of reviews do they have? Um, and just being honest and, and, you know, transparent with their own, um, you know, with, with all that. And, and I think, you mm-hmm. know, if they're Christian or if they seek, if they're seeking something in particular, that hopefully their angels or whoever they, uh, whoever their sources will provide some inner guidance as well to kind of, uh, to, to lead them to the right person and um, find the appropriate, you know, healer for yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How do you then, as a practitioner, make sure you don't get depleted or pick up the person you're working on's energy? Because- you don't get to interview the person before, do you? And say they're well, like, well, there is a, um, there's a slight, there is an intake form. It's just like any other, you know, okay. if you go to the doctor, they ask you a gazillion questions on your medical history or whatever, and which is kind of similar. They do, we do ask those okay. kind of, um, those kinds of pieces of information. And that's kind of where obviously the um, professionalism and confidentiality comes into play. You know, I'm not yeah, sharing right. that information with a bunch of people, um, but to, to I cannot mm-hmm. more directly answer the question. So we're never really going to be depleted from the energy because we're really just channeling. Okay. It. Um, so okay. it's not even my own energy. So when, even when I'm finishing a session, you know, so I'm asking my angels and my guides to assist me with providing the energy to, work on someone. Um, so when I finish the session, even too, um, since it's being channeled through me to get to this other person, I get the healing as well. So it kind of, it's like a double, um, it's awesome <laughs> because most of the time I, yeah. finish, I, I feel great. You know, you kind of have this really uplifted sense and, um, you know, and it kind of, um, yeah, it just makes you feel energized. It's really a great, um, a great, a great feeling to have, honestly. That's so cool. This was really insightful yeah. on everything Reiki. And I really, really, really appreciate you coming um, yeah, on absolutely. again. And thank You're you. You're very welcome. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. And um, Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave um, your yeah. website and everything. So if people want to um, get in touch and practice Reiki. Yeah, and absolutely. Everything. They can contact That would be awesome. You. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Fit, Fun, and Frazzled. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast, like, and share it. Thank you all so much.